Hey, guys, you got okay? Oh, wow. <laughs> Overwhelming response. Could you guys stand up for me? <clears throat> so, um, I feel like God wants to do something tonight. And I've never really been in the position... I speak a lot of things. Uh, and I've never really been in the position where I felt like God is still writing the talk as I stand here, even now. Um, and that makes me feel a little bit nervous about what's going to happen this evening, because that's not normally the position I find myself in. I'm normally the person who knows exactly what I'm going to say and knows my script off by heart. Um, so what I would love to do is I would just love you guys to pray for yourselves as we go into this time of reflecting together. Does that sound okay? So what I would uh, love you to do, because normally I will pray over you, but I wonder whether God wants to do something really deep tonight in some people. And it's felt a bit kind of stop-starty uh, so far this evening, but I, I just feel like God wants to do something. So if you don't normally come to church, this might seem a bit weird, and I'm really sorry if it does. So don't do anything you're not comfortable with. But if you, if you normally come to church and you're comfortable doing this, could you pop your hands out in front of you? And the reason we do this is to say to God, like, I'd love something from you. It's like asking for a present. So we put our hands out in front of ourselves. And now I'm just going to wait quietly for like 10 seconds. And I would love you to just, in your heart, invite God to speak to you this evening. And then I'm going to pray some lines and I'd love you to pray them back after me. And then I'll crack on. Does that sound okay? So I'm just going to wait for 10 seconds. And I would love you for yourself to ask God to focus you this evening and to speak to you. And then I will pray and you can copy what I say. So if you repeat this prayer after me, God, I thank you that you are already present here this evening. God, I thank you that you have something that you want to say to me. So help me to focus. Help me to hear you. And do something so deep in me that it can only be you who has changed my heart. Amen. Great. Take a seat. Thank you, guys. <coughs> okay. So, um, as Andy said, we are starting a new series this evening. Big excitement. Woo! Oh, at least two of you excited. So, this series is called Deny. Ooh. And uh, that is about... Uh, us saying, what does it take for us to put ourselves second? What does it look like for us to deny ourselves, to be giving stuff up, uh, stuff up for us to almost, um, for our faith to cost us something? What does it look like for us to put ourselves second, our wills second, our hopes, our dreams, the things that we love and make us comfortable second in order to put Jesus first? What could God do with a generation that is prepared to put themselves second and God first? And this evening, I'm cracking this series open uh, with the title, Deny taking responsibility. Wow, this is going to be fun. So, uh, taking responsibility. We talk to you guys about taking responsibility absolutely loads. We tell you to take responsibility for your faith. Take responsibility for the cups you've drunk from under your seats and put them in the bin. Take responsibility for your relationship with Jesus. Take responsibility for your school. And tonight, I want to add one more thing to that list. Tonight, I want you guys to take responsibility for your stuff. 
Now, what I mean by that is not like your lip gloss or your mobile or that kind of thing, but like the stuff that we carry with us. When I talk about stuff, what I mean is the patterns and the cycles that go on in your life that maybe you keep finding yourself back in the same place over and over again, and it's not the place where you want to be, and it's not the place where God would want you to be either. Maybe it's patterns and cycles around relationships and being in negative relationships. Maybe it's patterns and cycles around falling out with friends. Maybe it's patterns and cycles around anxiety or mental health. Maybe it's patterns um, and cycles around uh, going too far with a boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe it's patterns and cycles around friendship or working too hard and then getting yourself exhausted. Whatever your pattern or cycle might be, Tonight, I want us to help take responsibility for our parts in those patterns. Now, it might be that your pattern and cycle is not a dramatic one. And this is what I felt God saying to me just now for some of you guys. I wonder for some of you whether your pattern and your cycle is actually you keep coming back to a place where you just don't feel anything towards God. Just you keep coming back to this place of feeling spiritually like beige, neutral, apathetic, indifferent. And as hard as you try, you just keep coming back to this place where you don't really feel anything at all. And the first step in taking responsibility is knowing what your cycles and your patterns are. I'm going to give you a light example. Um, I have plenty of these patterns, plenty of these cycles in my life. And I'm going to tell you about a few of them this evening. But uh, I'm going to start light uh, and then just get slowly more morbid as the evening goes on. Um, One of the patterns and cycles I have in my life, the habit that kind of I've gotten myself into is one around shopping. Okay, I go shopping a lot. I buy new clothes a lot. And what happens is when you get into patterns and cycles, you don't necessarily see it as something that repeats. It's like a one-off thing that you see. And then you begin to notice it and think, actually, that one-off thing happens an awful lot. And so what I will do is I will just buy one piece of clothing every week and I will go out and I will go to the shop and I will buy a new piece of clothing and I'll wear it and have a nice time and then I'll get bored with it and it'll go in my wardrobe and then I will go out the next week and buy a nice piece of clothing and to work for a little while get bored put it in my wardrobe and you think that these are isolated incidences Maybe, um, and maybe for you it is like a a pattern in behaviour. Maybe it's an addiction that you keep returning to and you just say, oh, well, just this once. Maybe it's an issue around anger and go, well, I got angry that one time. But the more you look at it, the more it becomes a pattern and a cycle. And what happens is the more that we repeat our patterns and our cycles, the more stuff builds up, right? So these patterns and cycles will eventually come to a head in our lives. And this happened to me last weekend. Andy and I are currently decorating our bedroom. Now, that is a pretty big deal because I've been waiting like six years to do this. However, this also means that there has been six years worth of clothes that have built up in my bedroom. And that, my friends, has been a real problem. Last weekend, I had to spend my weekend clearing out my wardrobe. I gave away five bin bags full of clothing and still had so many clothes left over that I put three bin bags in the attic and now I am taking up like three drawers, a wardrobe, part of a suitcase and I still can't fit my clothes in. Like I have a problem. But what happens is, is that as we repeat these cycles and patterns, as we go on and on and on, what begins to build up is this kind of excess in our lives. 
And unless we deal with what these patterns and cycles build up every time we go around, every time we let anger win, every time we give in to that addiction, every time we go out with someone who we know isn't right for us, every time we go further physically than we know we should, what happens is this stuff builds up behind us. And unless we deal with this stuff, you end up like me last weekend, having a whole lot of stuff to deal with. Because what you've done is pushed years worth of stuff behind a door, shut the door, bought my coat hangers and hoped it's all going to be okay. But tonight what I want to say is, let's get to know our stuff. Let's not just pile it up. Let's deal with some of our stuff. Um, And this series about denying yourself, we think of denying yourself like it's going to be like moving to Africa and giving up all we own. Do you know what? Often denying ourselves is the tiny, small choices every day that eventually lead us to travelling in a completely different direction. Choosing to react differently in a moment. Choosing not to text that person back. Choosing not to look twice at that website or at that guy or girl who you know isn't God's best for you. So, I have three points. You'll be delighted. My first one is, predictably, take responsibility. Now, we are really bad at taking responsibility. The only thing that I think we as humans are really good at taking responsibility for is our own farts. If someone farts and it's like, oh, who was that? Oh, yeah, it was me. Yeah, it's a good one. It was me. Beyond farts, I honestly don't think we are good at taking responsibility for the bad smells and the bad situations that we create. So if you think about it, what will often happen, say our cycle is uh, getting annoyed and getting angry with people and we just keep finding ourselves angry. What happens is... Someone, something happens, we get angry, and rather than taking responsibility and going, yeah, I lost it then, what we do is we look for anybody else to take responsibility for us. Yeah, but they said that to me, and so it got me mad. Yeah, but they sent that, they looked at me that way. Or maybe we fall out with our friends, and we can't take responsibility because we are, we, that she said that about me. He looked at me and did that, and said that behind my back, and therefore it is my right to be in this mood. Therefore it is my right to fall out with them. And if we don't blame other people, we're really good at blaming our situations. Oh, yeah, I know, I know I shouldn't be with that guy. But I'm just going through such a tough time at the moment. It's really difficult for me, and this is, this is really helping me. You know, we really need to be people who take responsibility for our own stuff and our own cycles and our own reactions and our own patterns. No one makes us do anything. No one makes us in a mood. No circumstance can make you go out with someone or flirt with someone or speak to someone in a really disrespectful way. Sure, you may have had a bad day, but we need to take responsibility for our own screw-ups. You know, your pattern and your cycle will look very different depending on who you are. So often, the things that are like our cycles, the things that we return back to, the things that we keep getting wrong, are really, really shaped by our personality and often actually shaped by the things we're really, really good at. I'll unpack that for you in a second, what I mean by that, by giving you a personal example of mine. But it's really important that we know ourselves well to know our stuff and to know our cycles. So, for me, uh, when I uh, was younger, one thing, one pattern and one cycle I kept finding myself in was I kept, I just, I flirted with guys so much when I was a teenager. It was outrageous. And I would go out with guys or like just keep going out with them, keep going out with them. And that came from a place of me wanting people to like me. That came out of a place of being desperate for people to like me and approve of me. 
And so my strength is that I'm really friendly. I can be a really friendly person and I can make friends with people really easily. But the downside of that is because I'm so desperate for people to like me, or I was when I was younger, it would mean that I would find myself in all sorts of relationships that I shouldn't be in. And this became my pattern. This became my cycle. For other people, it might look different to that. For other people, it might be, um, be people-pleasing, but out of a fear of rejection. You're really scared that people aren't going to like you, and so you will do whatever it takes for people to like you. Maybe you'll say certain things or agree with certain things or go to parties or drink at a certain amount because you know that if you say no to that thing, then people will see you in a different way, and you don't want that. Or maybe your pattern in your cycle is actually getting really stressed out. And you're so desperate to prove yourself, you're so desperate not to fail that you are prepared to work as hard as it takes and run yourself into the ground as much as you need to in order to achieve that thing. And that becomes your pattern and your cycle. We need to know ourselves really well. But for some of you guys, it may well be that your pattern is indifference. For some of you guys, your pattern and your cycle may well be just ending up again in a place where your relationship with God is just dead. Where if you're honest, God doesn't mean that much to you. That you go to school and people kind of know you're a Christian, but it doesn't actually make any difference. And you don't feel anything about it. You're not even that bothered. And you'll go and you'll have an amazing account with God and you'll be determined this time it will be different. But again, we find ourselves in that cycle and that pattern of being indifferent. I don't know where any of you guys have the kind of patterns and cycles that are bad enough, not bad enough, significant enough to really have made a dent in you. And what I mean by that is there's a verse in the Bible that I'm going to read to you in a second. And some of my patterns and my cycles are bad enough that I, will, I read this verse and there's something inside of me that cries out and goes, oh my gosh, I'm so pleased that someone understands. This is a passage from Romans. This is Romans 7. We're reading verses 15 to 25. It says this, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the wrong one doing wrong, it's sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I, want to do, uh, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I don't do what I want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It's sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I'm going to stop there. I think, yeah, I'm going to stop there. I don't know if you guys have the kind of patterns and cycles in your life where you find yourself going, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I'm here again. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe that I'm in another relationship I shouldn't be in. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that I'm falling out with people again. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that these thoughts have come back inside my head. I can't believe that I'm thinking this about myself again. I can't believe that I yelled at my parents again. I can't believe that my relationship with Jesus means so little to me again. I found myself in that place, reading these verses and just getting down on my knees and going, God, do you know what? I'm sick of this. I'm sick of ending up in the same place on this same cycle again and again. 
Guys, I want to say that the first step to breaking the cycles and the patterns that are in your life that you are tired of, the first step is taking responsibility for them and saying, do you know what? Yeah, sure. This is a problem. This is a problem and I want to see it fixed. And I don't know whether you've ever found yourself in the same position so often that you just get to the end of yourself. And you go, do you know what? I genuinely do not know how I can fix this. I don't know how this can get any different or be any better. But I want to say that this is actually the best point that you can be at. Because once you get to that point, you come to the end of yourself and you realize that breaking this cycle is nothing that you can do. This is a Jesus thing. This is the point when you realize I've come to the end of myself. Something has to die in me. I have to deny myself and let Jesus take this and let Jesus break this cycle. So the first thing we need to do is take responsibility. The second thing we need to do is take a new perspective. Now, I'm very aware that so far this has been very down. This has been very dramatic, very low. I'm about to bring it back up. We're about to have some fun. It's going to be okay. So um, I think that when you get to a point where you realize a cycle has to break, you realize that things have to change. Things have to change but it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you breaking this cycle. It's going to cost you giving something up. You get to a point of realizing that going in circles doesn't actually get you anywhere. You see, if you repeat the same behavior, you're just going to end up where you were in the first place. And so circles begin to lose their appeal. However, I believe that when we get into these cycles, it's not just circles that we kind of come into contact with. Um, so imagine for me, you're all fairly intelligent people, a circle. You can all do that, right? Circle, got a circle in your mind? Circle, great. So a circle starts and finishes, good. A circle starts and finishes in the same place. What we have an opportunity to do in these circles is actually turn our circles into spirals. Yes, people. So a circle stays in one place, it's 2D. But I believe that what can happen is our circles can turn into spirals. And our spirals can either go up or they can go down. Um, you see, a spiral, when you come back to the same situation again, often what will happen is one of two things. And I believe that God puts these patterns in our lives and he gives us a choice as to whether we will spiral up towards him and making a different or positive decision the next time we reach the same situation, this situation of indifference or hurt or pain, or we get to a point where we make a worse choice and we spiral down and things begin to escalate. Um, for me, my spiral was around relationships when I was younger. Um, and uh, I, I'm not going to tell you the gory details uh, because it wouldn't tell you appropriate necessarily to say the whole thing here. But um, when I was a teenager, it was relationships. And I didn't just go in circles. I went in spirals. And the people that I would choose to be in relationships with were more and more negative for every time that I revisited this circle. Every time I went back round this lap of my pattern, this lap of cycle, these relationships would become more and more negative to the point that when I was, I would say, 16 years old, I was in a relationship that wasn't just negative, it was worrying. The kind of relationship that if any of you guys were in that relationship, I'll be having a word with your parents and going, this is a serious problem. And it was when I hit the bottom of my spiral that I realized I have come to the end of myself and something needs to change. And then what began to happen is my spiral began to go back upwards because I realized that every time this situation came around again, I had the opportunity to make a different choice, to maybe make a choice that cost, maybe make a choice that was difficult. 
But something had to die in order for that circle to be broken, for that spiral to go back up. And actually, the next time that made that choice, that made that decision, I made a more positive choice that made me more like Jesus, that made me more like the person I knew Jesus wanted me to be. For some of you guys, if it is... Um, around finding yourselves in, in situations where you know that you're vulnerable to, um, I don't know, doing things you shouldn't do or having conversations that you shouldn't be having or saying unkind things to people that you shouldn't be saying. What it's about is every time you revisit that spiral, make a different decision to spiral yourself closer to the person that Jesus is calling you to be. But the really important thing in all of this is realising that Jesus created you for a mission that is bigger than your circle. Jesus didn't call you to a mission of repeating the same thing again and again and again. But instead, Jesus has a mission for your life, a thing that he has for you to do. And that your life is created for a greater mission than just going around in circles. It's time to choose life over death. Can we read from 2 Corinthians 5 verse uh, 14 to 17? I think it's going to come up on the screen. I'll put my nail file on it. Yes. Okay. Uh, so this is 2 Corinthians 5 verses 14 to 17. You see, you not only have a new mission, but the moment that you choose to follow Jesus, you became a new person as well. 2 Corinthians 5 verses 14 to 17. Uh, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised again for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone, a new life has begun. Do you know that the moment you choose to follow Jesus, you actually end those circles? The moment you choose to follow Jesus, you become a new person. Uh, I'm going to do a little illustration that a few of you saw last weekend. Uh, who, a few of you who came to the gathering. One of you guys told me it was helpful, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it again and crack it open and show the rest of you. Um, could I have Dan and Andy to help me out with this? Okay, so the moment you choose to follow Jesus, something happens. Andy, can you come over here? Thank you, Dan. You come over here. Now, Andy, love of my life, he is my old self. He is the me who had these circles and these patterns, kept doing the same thing again and again, um, kept messing up. Someone who got stuff wrong all the time, someone who felt that they weren't good enough, someone who felt like they weren't a good enough Christian, maybe felt like, uh, if I could just nail reading my Bible, I'd be a better Christian. If I just could pay attention during worship, I'd be a better Christian. If I just enjoyed church, maybe I'd be a better Christian and had this cloud over myself of thinking, do you know what? I'm just not quite good enough. I get things wrong, I have my cycles, and I go around in circles. But what happens is, the moment that you choose to follow Jesus, you become a new person. This is your old self, and this is your new self. And Jesus looks at you and says, this is not you anymore. You are free from guilt. All of the stuff that you've got wrong, I don't see that anymore. 
It says in the Bible that uh, our guilt is forgiven, that, he, God, that God forgets our guilt. He forgets the things that we've done wrong. He doesn't, he doesn't even remember the ways that you screw up. He forgets them. He forgets our shame when we don't feel good enough. All the stuff that's in between us and God, when you choose to follow Jesus, that stuff isn't there anymore. You have absolutely nothing standing between you and God. You are a hope carrier. You are a bringer of light into dark situations. You have the power to transform someone's life through the message of Jesus. You are someone who can transform your school, transform your community. You are on this earth with a mission and a purpose, and this stuff has no place in your life. Now, when I describe those two things, I would love to know or love you to ask yourself the question, which of those two ways did you identify with more? How do you see you? Do you see you more as somebody who is full of guilt and shame and gets stuff wrong and isn't quite good enough? Or do you see yourself as a hope carrier? Someone who is set on this earth with a mission and a purpose, someone free of guilt and shame with absolutely nothing standing in between your relationship with you and your relationship with God. Because where you plant yourself in either of those two places is really important because that is going to affect your perspective. Now, um, Andy, can you hold on to two of those and two of those? Now, if you're in this room and you would say that you identified more with what I spoke over Andy, you would identify yourself more with being someone who's not good enough, someone who repeats these cycles, someone who just continually finds herself in a place of indifference, not really caring about your relationship with God and, and in places of pain. And if this is where you've planted yourself and where you primarily see yourself, I want to show you something. Now, in a second, I'm going to put this down. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold on to these. And if this is where I plant myself, then I'm going to spend my time trying to get to that place, trying to live up to what Jesus thinks that I should be. Someone good enough, someone worthy of being a Christian. And this is what happens. If I plant myself here and I try to get here, this is how it works. If I do that, and this is where I plant myself, then every time I sprint to try towards, towards trying to be better, then I'm just going to end up back in the situation where I plant my identity. Now, I want you to imagine this the other way around. I want you to imagine that Dan's holding these bungee ropes and that I see myself this way. That I see myself as somebody who is totally loved and accepted by God. Don't have shame. I don't have guilt. There is nothing that stands in between me and God. Nothing at all. Not cycles, not, um, not any other stuff that I would hold over here. Now, if I plant myself here and the bungee ropes are here and I try and run back to who I used to be, what happens is I spring back here because I know that this is my identity. Every so often I might slip off in this direction, but I'm going to spring right back here because I know that I am dead to who I was and that actually who Jesus says I am is where my identity is planted. Does that make sense? Great. Can you give the guys, oh, these guys a little round of applause? Okay. I believe that each of us tonight, if you've chosen to follow Jesus, that your identity is here. That you may have cycles in your life, you may have things that you keep coming around, but I believe we can turn those circles into spirals. The way that we do that, however, is co will cost us. The way that we do that is through denying ourselves. You see, we have to take action. 
We can't expect to keep doing the same things over and over again and getting a different response. Now, I want you to hear really clearly that this is who Jesus says you are. This is how Jesus sees you. But what we then need to do is put stuff practically in place in our own lives that stop us running back in this direction more often than we need to. We need to be taking responsibility for our actions, knowing that the hard work is done, knowing that you are loved, knowing that you are forgiven, knowing that there is nothing between you and God. However, we need to put stuff in place that will help us to live that way. And so, if I'm honest with you, it will cost. It might look like breaking up with somebody who you know is not good for you. It might look like removing yourself from a friendship. It might look like choosing to be single for a year because you know that you keep flirting with people and getting with people that you shouldn't be with. It might look like going to no house parties. It might look like limiting your workload and your homework because you know that if you work too hard, then that's going to affect your mental health and that's going to make you stressed out. It might be if indifference is a thing for you, that you need to work really, really hard at putting disciplines in place in your personal life. It will cost you fortnight. It will cost you being on Snapchat. It will cost you being on FaceTime to your friends. But what you will gain is, a, is losing indifference for good. We need to put stuff in place in our lives that helps us stay up here, helps us know that this is our identity, but we want to live that out as well. And it does cost us. You know, we deny ourselves because God gave everything for us. God gave his entire life for us. You are new, you are free, completely free, and you are forgiven. But sometimes we have to make choices and deny ourselves to help us live that way as well. And so we need to take responsibility. Take responsibility for our stuff and our cycles. Know what they are. But not only that, we need to change our perspective. We need to know that we are not those people that are bound by our cycles. That's our old self. We need to plant ourselves in the people that we know Jesus says we are. And so I guess tonight, what I want to say as I close, is will you lay down some of the stuff that you know are your cycles? Will you lay down finding yourself again in a position that you found yourself in a million times before and you wish you weren't in that space? feeling that way about yourself, getting that angry, feeling absolutely nothing about your relationship with Jesus. Because I believe that this is some of the stuff that Jesus can work in. Jesus can move in some of this stuff. But we need to let go of our cycles and let him break our cycles so that they can turn into spirals. So that every time we encounter that situation, we can deny ourselves, make a positive choice and move closer and closer towards the person that Jesus says we are and not spring back into our old way of, of living. Would you guys mind standing for me? Would that be okay? Sometimes I get really tired of finding myself in the same place over and over again. Tired of um, feeling like I wish, I wish I could just really nail this being in love with Jesus thing. I really wish I could nail this bad habit I've got. I wish I could nail this addiction that I have. And I believe that um, my response to that always has to be giving my stuff to Jesus. And you know, he died for us. 
He gave everything for us. And so what he asked is that we would give our stuff back to him in return. That this would cost us, maybe, that we would have to make choices, change patterns, change rhythms, in order for us to be in a position where, uh, do you know, can we, can we kill the backing music? Let's, let's just leave it. In fact, um, don't even worry about we're not going to sing, I don't think. Um, we're just going to do this ourselves. Um, if you know that you have a cycle in your life that you keep finding yourself in, you keep finding that you've maybe been let down by people, you keep finding that you're not where you want to be in your relationship with Jesus, you keep finding an addiction or a pattern of behavior or a something that you keep returning to and you really don't want that to be a part of your life anymore. Could I just ask you to sit down where you are? Like, and we've had enough awkward this evening for this not to be awkward. Like, with pretty much everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong this evening. So, if you're in a position where you think, Do you know what, there is a pattern, there is a cycle that I find myself in. It might be around negative thoughts, it might be around indifference, it could be around any of the things that I've listed this evening. Would you just embrace the awkward with me and, and sit down? Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Great. We're not on our own, right? Take, take a seat. I want to sit down. Okay. Yeah, right. Whole room, yeah? I mean, no one has to sit down. <laughs> At least we know we're not on our own. And so what I would love to do is I would love... Oh, sack it. We're going to be super awkward. It's going to be great. Do you know what I mean? It's all gone wrong tonight. Let's just embrace it. What I'd love to do, this is all of us. We're all in the same boat. Can I ask you to get into fours and fives? And can a lead, yeah, if young people get into fours and fives and move and find a space. I don't want you to talk because we're still responding if that's cool. But just grab like four or five people and, and find a space. Go, Move. Leaders, can you attach yourself to a four or a five? If we can afford two leaders per four or five, that would be really good. Okay, and I want you to find a space in the room. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray. Uh, and we're not going to pray. We're going to have any music on in the background. We're not, you guys can come down. We're, we're going to leave it. Um, and I want us to pray into some of this stuff together. And it's already been super awkward, hasn't it? Plenty of awkward this evening. So... Um, we're going to do some business with God. So what I would love you to do is in your fours and fives, I want you to maybe, if you can, kneel down on the floor. Kneel down, take a seat. Um, if we can afford more than one leader per group, that would be great. Are there any groups that haven't got a leader right now? Okay, fantastic. So what we're going to do in the awkward silence, because this is just how this evening's going, we're going to spend... A couple of moments, I reckon about a minute, in total silence. And I want you to bring before God your stuff. Whatever your cycle is, whatever the thing is that just keeps going around and around. That Maybe when I read that verse out about, I just do the things that I don't want to do. Um, in fact, I'm going to read that passage out over us. And as I read that passage, what I would love is if you would have in your mind... Um, have in your mind the thing that you sat down for. Have in your mind the thing that is your cycle that you wish was not there. 
and that you want to bring to Jesus. And when I finish reading this passage, we're just going to sit in silence for a moment. And then I'm going to ask you guys to pray. And I would love it if a couple of you guys would embrace the awkward and would maybe pray out loud. Leaders, I definitely want you guys to pray out loud. But it might even be that there's a couple of people who will be brave to say, guys, can you pray for me? And you don't necessarily have to say why, but it might be that in in your group, a couple of you want to even like put hands on someone appropriately and pray for them. And we're going to do this in the awkward way because it's, it's our vibe this evening. So I'm going to read this passage. Then there's going to be a little bit of silence. And then I would love you guys to start praying. And it doesn't have to be complicated prayers. It just needs to be you saying to God, God, I'm done with this circle. I want to start a spiral and I want my spiral to go up. Does that sound okay? So I'm going to read this passage over you. This is Romans 7, verses 15 to 25. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, it shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I want to, don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It's sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I, when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war within my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus, I thank you that sometimes just coming before you in a really simple way is the most intimate thing that we can do. That God, when we mess up, when we make mistakes, that actually you see us completely vulnerable, completely bare, in all the awkward. But God, I thank you that you don't see us like that. God, you see us as new creations. As people that are free from any sort of guilt. Free from any sense of that there is something wrong with us. I thank you, God, that nothing stands between us and you. God, I pray that you would help us to deny ourselves. Help us to put stuff in place that will stop us running back to the old way of doing things. God, next time our circle comes around, Father, let us deny ourselves and choose differently. That our spiral might start to head upwards. God, I thank you that we are free. I thank you that we are forgiven. God, help us to live lives that are worthy 
of the freedom that you have given us and the calling and the purpose and the mission that you have put on our lives. Amen.